0: <laughs> For those of you over there that may not heard, our little buddy Joey said, is church over? They've been practicing since 4.30. <laughs> I hear you. I remember being that, but you know what? It got me to where I am right here, and that's okay. I'd rather them be uh, asking questions in a, well, we used to call them pews, Asking questions in a chair than somewhere else I promise you that amen well I'm glad to be with y'all once again uh, this year is quickly winding up and, and we have a lot going on and it seems like life don't ever quit we was dealing with sewer problems while we was trying to practice for for this play that we got going on and life just don't ever stop but God's still good amen We're going to speak about it one more time tonight. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Colossians chapter 3 with me. I want to talk about being hidden in Christ tonight. I would for a few moments um, try and squeak out. I can feel my voice slowly and and surely leaving. Uh, A little bit of encouragement tonight. I, I realize that us being with us all the time, like Scott being with Scott, is very easy to see the sinfulness of Scott. But I want us to try just for a few moments to look through the eyes of God and see how He sees us now in the present, and it's it's more glorious than we can ever imagine. It truly is. I can only see me looking in this mirror, right. But God sees something different. The Bible says He sees our end. I, I don't know my end. I can't see the future, but He's He's already looked ahead and He's seen He's seen me in my glorification through the perseverance. And I'm just I'm dumbfounded by what God has done for us. Colossians chapter three. We're going to read the first three verses. It reads like this: Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking. The things above, where Christ is, sit at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Lord, as we come to you once again, uh, praying to you for help. Help us to understand and to remember that this isn't just something that we we merely do as a formality but that we're actually genuinely praying for your help that to help us to understand your word to to grow in you just a little bit more to help us to see uh, in these spiritual eyes that you have given us oh god lord i ask that you take this message and that you uh, multiply it in our hearts oh god lord i ask this in your name amen thank you for standing hidden in christ like I said, if I am left to myself and, uh, and looking inward, the Word of God tells us that we are to examine ourselves. And I believe that the Word would tell us that we are to examine ourselves daily, to pick up our cross daily, to follow after Christ daily. And it's very easy sometimes to, to get caught up in the emotions and motions of life and, and just see the the struggle just see the inward chaos that is my life i'll speak i'll speak about me tonight to not make anybody mad but it, it just seems like a lot of times brother josh i just i see my my shortcomings and my downfalls and it's very hard to see uh, the growth that's happening in Christ. I, I, it's it's like bad news travels quickly, right? It's just I, when I mess up, it's just so much in my face, and it's such a burden on my heart, and it's such a hard thing for me to understand because the desire that's in this heart, as a new creature in Christ, is to not sin. I don't I don't want to do it, but but Paul he found himself in the same predicament where he says I I find myself doing things that that I don't want to do and and Paul wasn't going out and robbing banks and knocking over uh, uh, apple carts and, and things like that but but what he found himself doing is is a lot like what we find ourselves doing it in the world when they think of sin well first off they don't think of sin that's the problem but but when we think of sin you know I it's very easy, first of all, uh, to boast myself up and say, "Well, I'm not as bad as some people, right? I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a bank robber. I, I'm not a, a wino on the street. I'm, I'm not running around on my wife." And we could just keep going on and on and on and on until we really get down uh, to the root of the problem. And, and it's I don't, I don't listen to God like I should. I don't pray like I should. I don't fast like I should. I don't love my neighbor like. I should. All of this is sin. It's very easy. There's two sides to this. It's very easy to one, to turn a blind eye, Brother Roger, and say, well, I'm not as bad as I was, so I must be pretty good. That's a dangerous place to be. That's a place of complacency. That's a place that the Bible says that you're boasting yourself up, you're propping yourself up, and pride comes before a fall. You're setting yourself up for failure when you say, I'm not as bad as I once was, so I must be pretty good. The other side of that coin is I feel where most of us find ourselves most of the time, just the church at large. We live a very defeated life a lot of times, and it's not the devil's fault. It's not the life. It's not the cares of this world. It's just our perception. We don't see what God has truly done. All I see is, is the bad. I don't see any of the good. But when I say, yeah, I'm not robbing a bank, but the Lord spoke to me to, to do this and I didn't do it. And it really bothers me. God wants us to understand through the reading of His Word that He doesn't see like we see. And that's a, that's a, a blessing to us that God is, is above us. He's, he's outside the concept of of time he's outside of the reality that we see he's not physical he's he's spiritual, and he sees the heart of the matter and Although the bible's that you could quote both ways on all this, right the heart is deceitfully wicked who who can know it well God can and, and let me tell you something: your heart was deceitfully wicked it, it truly was deceitfully. Wicked before Christ, you, you could do no good. Matter of fact, the Bible would even go as far to say that even before your salvation, if any good came to you, it was God that was doing it. Nothing good come out of you. Nothing good is produced out of deadness. But what happened in your salvation is there was a change. There's a turning from Sin, there's a changing of the mind, there's a renewing of the mind, there's a changing of the heart, and there is a new desire, and there is a new gift that's placed in you, and what you find is that heart that was deceitfully wicked is now leading. It's leading you. It's a spirit that's within you, and day by day, trial by trial, test by test, you find that this Inward voice, whatever you steal, small voice, whatever you want to call it, we call it the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost is moving and directing and leading you in all truth and righteousness, whenever I sin, it's very apparent. It's very apparent. Because if, if you're a true believer in Christ, whenever sin crops up, conviction comes, or it should. It should be very quick, very... Apparent, and the problem with, with some people is they just they've learned how to not listen. First Thessalonians would call that quenching the spirit, the quenching the very spirit that's trying to lead and direct them. God sees differently than we do. We need to see ourselves as hidden in Christ, but we also need to see us how God sees us. The Christian life is defined by the believer's identification in Jesus Christ. Oh my Lord, that word. In 2023, I identify as. And it's just like fill in the blank. There isn't no ABC anymore. It's just whatever you can imagine. You remember whenever you was um in school? Some of y'all going to go back tomorrow. Uh, and I don't know how the teachers do it now. But for students like me that really didn't listen, at the Bottom of the test, they would have uh, bonus questions, right? And some of our teachers realized that we really needed help. So the bonus question would just be a blank line, and you just put whatever you want down there. Just it would say something like, "Hey, if you've made it this far, good job." Fill in. It would say like, "What's the first line of the Pledge of Allegiance?" or just just something, anything. Right. And you filled it in and you got a bonus question. You got some bonus points and you could pass. And it was the teacher's way of saying, I don't want to see you again. Like, go on. Right. And, and that, that tends to be the the scenario that we find in this world today when it is I am so hard pressed to find my identity in something. If it's in my my athletics program or if it's in my car, if it's in my career, if it's in my church, I got to find my identity in something. And and the word would say that that is inerrant in us. There's something within us that wants us to to connect with something. I, I need to stand by something. But the word would also say that our identity isn't in who we are. Our identity isn't in my reputation. My identity isn't in my parents' who my grandparents was, what I do for a job, where I go to church. My identity is in Christ. It must be in Christ. If we identify with Christ, the Word says we stand on a foundation so sure that this world can't rock it. We have to be found in Him. In Exodus, Pharaoh has done hardened his heart. God has hardened Pharaoh's heart. They get to the 10th plague, and this 10th plague, Moses comes to the children of Israel, and, and he says, listen, y'all got to do something. Y'all got to kill kill a lamb. Y'all got to eat everything. You got to put the blood over your door, because tonight the Lord is coming. The angel of death is coming for the firstborn of everybody, and, and you have to Smear this blood over your door and the angel is going to look at the blood and if it sees the blood, he'll pass by you. And that's exactly what happens in the book of Exodus and all of the firstborn of Egypt. Anyone who didn't have the blood applied to their door lost their firstborn son. The sound that had to come out of that city, out of that town. The sound that had to come out of the palace. Pharaoh, who was supposed to be God, That's what the Egyptians thought. Untouchable, immortal, eternal. Has lost the air. But not just him, it's everyone. If your identity is in anything other than Christ, you're on shaky ground. You may stand for a while. There's plenty of people in the world who who stand strong in their identity and their whole life is built upon it. But I can tell you just as many testimonies of people who have come out of the world who have realized, like Paul, that's nothing. The identity that I once had, that's nothing. I I give it all up for the sake of Christ. It really is something to uh, the Christian life. This isn't just a title that we put on ourselves. It isn't a badge that we wear. It's, it's a lifestyle. We don't just have a biblical worldview. Uh, we see everything through the Word of God. We see everything through Christ. It's not enough to know that Jesus died for us. We must also understand that, that, that we have died with Him. See, this is a, this is a, a relationship. This is a, a giving up of ourself. Because we died and were raised with Him, the power of sin over us is broken. We talked about that this morning in the cross. And we're hidden, the word says here in Colossians, with Christ in God. We're hidden with Christ in God through the work of the Holy Spirit who baptizes us into one body, into the very body of Christ, that's First Corinthians 12, 12, and 13. I'm, I'm, not, <clears throat> I'm not just any new creature. I'm not just out here on my own. We're not individuals in this. We're all into one body. Why do you think we learned that in 2019, 2020, and 2021, didn't we? There's something to having a church to go to. I can't do this on my own. Oh, I can for a while. I mean, I could survive for a while, but there's a longing inside of me to be with God's people. Why is that? Because my identity is found in Christ. And I want, to, I want to be with His body. I don't want to be disjointed. I don't want to be a severed arm, a severed leg. Some of us, may I may just be a toenail. I don't know what part I am on Him. I'm just glad to be there. I heard one preacher say one time, "I'm just, I'm just old hair hanging on," and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't care if it's on the divine body. I'm fine with it. I gotta watch me. That's medication I'm on. We may have to cut the uh, cut the feed. <clears throat> At salvation, we essentially step into Christ. Christ. Christ becomes one with us. We become one with Christ. That's what the Word uh, tells us. And our history becomes one with Christ's history. I, I ceased to be known as Scott the day I was saved. We need to understand this because there is, there is much encouragement in this. Brother Roger, you're no longer known by God as the sinner that you was. You're known as being found in Christ, in Him, brother Josh. You're no longer the scallywag that you was growing up. Not to God, to God sees you're in. I'm no longer the preacher's kid who who played church. I'm no longer what I was. That me is dead. It's been buried with Christ, and I've been raised up, something new. What's your identity in? (coughs) Who do you identify as? That's a a big question nowadays. Next time somebody asks you that, just say Jesus and watch them. What do you identify as? Jesus. Jesus. What's your belief, the cross? You'll get to the root of the matter pretty quick. Very well. they will either be an open door or a slam door. One of the two. But you know what? In today's, in today's world, that's what we need. We need to walk through the doors that are open. And the word of God said, when he, Jesus sent out the disciples, he said, if somebody takes you in, bless the house, bless the, do the message, do everything. But if they turn you away, don't think about it. Just turn and go to the next person. Go to the next town. Go to the next village. I'm not saying that that person is anathema like well, they'll never come to Christ, but it's just its just not the time right now. We need to spend our time wisely doing it in love. That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing. What happens if you get rejected? What? what how do you act? What do you do? What do you say? I know whenever I was in school and it's hard to believe, but you know, some girls would reject me, Brother Josh. They wouldn't want to sit with me at lunch or do my homework or whatever I wanted them to do. And sometimes I wouldn't act right. Get mad. Wouldn't ever call them names. I wasn't about that because I was always kind of this size, just a little smaller. Had plenty of names thrown at me, but but you know, I just wouldn't I wouldn't talk to them. And then when I got saved, one of the things that happened is is all that stuff kind of started flooding back. Uh, not, not the exact same day, but it's just as I grew in Christ, it's just He would bring back to remembrance things that I did. And what I found was nobody had to tell me that they were wrong. Not just that, that was a for instance, but, but just, just all the times when I was mean to my brother or, or I disobeyed my parents. Just, I mean, just all the things. And He wasn't bringing it back and it wasn't even in a, in a way that I was condemned. It wasn't in a condemnation, but he was just presenting that old person to me. And, and I, was, I was, man, I was angry at myself for ever being that. And what I found myself doing is kneeling in prayer and going, Lord, don't ever let me be like that again. Don't ever let me be me again. I only want to be you. And I failed in that. I failed a lot. But by God's grace, I failed less. I'm more like Him today than I have ever been. And God willing, if I get to live another day, I'm, I'm planning on being more like Him. I want to be less like me. The Christian life, is Christ's life. It's not separate. We're, we're living creatures with our own will, with our own mind, with our own thoughts, with our own ambitions, with, our, with, with all that I am. But yet at the same time, I'm living a different life. The Word says that we plan our steps, right? But God directs our paths. And, and, and we have plans to go to a pastor's conference in March. But if something happens between now and March, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm making plans. And the Word of God would say, what, that we shouldn't we should we shouldn't be so prideful to make plans and say that's how it's going to happen. Well, we should say, if the Lord wills, and that's what that's what we're saying. If the Lord wills, I'm going to be in a pastor's conference in March and I'm going to have a, fun, a good time. You know? But But I don't know what's going to happen in March. God does. And if I find myself in Him... If my identity is square with him, whatever happens, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. That doesn't mean that I'm happy all the time. That doesn't mean that, you know, I have, I have uh, two grandmothers left. I've been so blessed. to I knew, I knew great-great-grandparents. Like, I, don't, I don't say that lightly, but they, they won't be around forever. You know, March is a long time when, when you're really old. Right, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know whatever happens, it's okay. It's okay. That doesn't mean we're okay with it, but it's okay. What's your identity in? Because here's the thing, is, is if somebody's whole life is wrapped up into this identity, whatever this is, when that thing crumbles, what's left? Nothing. Nothing. There's no hope. That there's, there's nothing to fall back on if my whole essence is wrapped up into this one thing and that thing isn't Christ. It's going to fall apart and I'm left with nothing. We have a blessed assurance tonight that Jesus... He's not going to fail. He's not going to falter. He's not going to become less than. He's Christ. He's Christ. Real life for the believer is not about Jesus Christ. When I wrote that, I was like, yeah, people's going what, what are you talking about? So I'm going to say it again. A Christian's real life for the believer is, is not about Jesus Christ. It is Jesus Christ. It it is Jesus Christ. We need to to understand where we are in this thing. I'm nothing anymore. I cease to be in my salvation, and there's one who lives in me. Is that not what Paul said? I died. On that Damascus road, I died and yet i'm still sucking air i'm still breathing and it's not me who's living it's christ in me who is living that that tends to change some things doesn't it when this temptation comes up and the sin struggle that i have comes up this isn't this isn't my life anymore it's christ who lives in me i need i need to be holy cuz god is holy cuz the christ that's in me wants me to be that way That's Colossians 3 and 4, by the way. I didn't just pull that out of anything. Let's read it. We stopped at verse 3, but verse 4. Our life is Christ. It says, when Christ, who is our life, okay, so I didn't just make that up, is revealed, then also you will be revealed with Him in glory. Praise God. Praise God. We get Him on this side of heaven, And we get Him on the other side of heaven. We get get Him on both sides. We get help here and now where I can taste the goodness of God even though I don't deserve it. And one day, by perseverance and by God's grace and mercy, I will be glorified and I will be with Him. I'll be with Him. If your identity isn't in Christ, you're not going to have fun in heaven. Because He's the reason we're going. uh, To be with my Lord. That's a different message. Being hidden in Christ, with Christ, in God, means that our previous history, the old life, it's over and done, and that's the way we need to view it. Really, that's that's the way we need to view ourselves. I had a funeral. I had a funeral that day. But there was also a rebirth. But that one who got up wasn't the one who went down. I went down at an altar one way, and I come up a new way. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. The one who believes in me will, even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. John eleven twenty five 25 and 26. We don't know what death is. You say, well, I've seen a lot of it. Yeah, we have. But we don't die. You're in Christ. Is Christ alive? You don't die. We just pass from this place to the next. That's what the Word says, right? It's to to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We just pass into the presence of God. What blessed hope that we have. What What is it that the world can give and not give that can... Take the place of that. This world has nothing for us. Can you give me eternal life? Christ did. I want to be identified with him. I want to be identified with him. Christ was being tempted in the wilderness. If you can believe that, the devil's so arrogant. He's being tempted and he shows him all these things. First, he comes out as humanity. You have an eight and 40 days and 40 nights. You must be hungry. Make this rock some bread. Eat, right? And and Christ doesn't argue with with the devil. We need to understand that. He just quotes scripture. He just said, man was not going to live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The devil like, okay, well, that ain't going to work. So he, he goes on to another thing and he tempts him three times and he brings him to the pinnacle of the temple and he shows him all the nations and he says just bow down and worship me i'll give you everything you can be the lord of all this as if he wasn't the creator of all already the devil wants you to know one thing tonight He wants you to remember yourself. He wants you to only see you and not see the Christ that's in you. He wants you to find your identity in what you once was. Not who you are now. Because if He can do that, then you defeat yourself and He doesn't have to war against you. God doesn't see us like that. He doesn't see what we was. He sees what we are. And we need to understand who we are. And who we are is someone that is hidden in Christ. There's no better place to be. If you are truly saved tonight and you're persevering in the faith and you are doing your utmost to do exactly what you can do, then praise God, be encouraged. You're hidden in Christ. You're hidden with Christ in God. That's a good place to be. That's a good place to be. That song we sang, I love it. I wish we could sing it every Sunday, but we burn it out. God of hosts, Lord of hosts, Lord of armies. He's, he's the ruler of all and we're hidden in Him. He, he, he owns everything. And we're hidden in Him. He is Alpha and Omega. And we're hidden in Him. He holds the keys to death, hell, and the grave.
1: And we're hidden
0: in Him. There's no better place to be. I encourage us all to remember. Remember where you are. You say, Pastor, it's hard. Life is rough. I understand. Peter said that we suffer for a little while, but then restoration comes. I don't know how long a little while is. I don't think Peter did either. Peter suffered all the way up until they hung him upside down on a cross and crucified him because he said he wasn't worthy to be crucified like his Savior was. His suffering, he suffered unto death what have you suffered for what 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 have you given up for god what have you held on to that's a better question what are you willing to give up what do you identify as cuz if you identify as a christian then that means something but it also comes with great reward Because although the weapon is formed and it is used against us, we're hidden with Christ in God and the weapon cannot prosper. It may look like it does, but it doesn't. The worst thing, we say this all the time and it's true, the worst thing that this world can do is in your life. And all that does is open you up into the rest of eternity with your Lord. And, and your family suffers and, and it's horribleness. I understand all that. and It's bad for us who are left. But this world can do nothing to us. Call us names. Take away some privileges. Take away some rights. Well, I know in America we don't like to talk about that. But they can. And the Word of God says they will. They're going to make it to where you can't even buy food for your kids if we live long enough. They're going to make it hard on us. You better have your identity in Christ because if it's in anything else, you're going to fail. You're going to fail when you have to look at your baby. And you're going to have to trust God. But see, that's just one side of the story. In the world's eyes, they're going to to persecute us into extinction. But the Word of God speaks differently. He says that His... His children never go without what they need. So on one hand, we're going to look and we're going to say by the world standard, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. And then all of a sudden, we're going to be okay. But it's going to take a binding together and it's going to take an identity that is not in this world, that is not in anything other than Jesus and Him alone. What do you identify as? Who do you identify as? Ask yourself that question. It's easy right now. It's easy to be a Christian. Nobody's breaking down the door. Nobody's telling me I can't do it. Right? It's easy. and We lax and easy. It's going to take persecution. It's going to take hard times for us to really understand where where we are, what we're doing. I know this was supposed to be an encouragement, and I feel like it, it is because no matter how bad the world gets, if you are hidden with Christ in God, you're gonna be okay. You're, you're gonna be okay. And you're not gonna understand, and you're not gonna know, and you're gonna be scared out of your mind. And yeah, me too. Because truly trusting in God, putting your faith in God to say, I can't do anything anymore. It's going to have to be you. That's a scary place because it takes the reins off of my whole life and it places it solely in the hands of a God who can and He will. Being scared ain't the problem. It's not having faith. It's not going to God. It's trying to hide under something else. We need to be found in Christ. Let's stand tonight. I thought about that. I can only imagine what it's like to be in the school systems nowadays. I got a taste of it. I worked at Procter & Gamble for seven years, and they're very open to everything but Christianity. and And uh, This world is so in your face nowadays. And, and, the, and, and Satan is just, it seems like he's just wave after wave after wave unleashing evil into this world. And, and it's like, what do we do? And we have this phrase and we have this saying. So All I can do is pray. That's exactly right. But listen, that ain't the last resort. We need, to, we need to be about praying. We really do. You say, well, I'm doing pretty good right now. That's cool. Pray for me. Pray for somebody who isn't. Okay? Pray for your community. Pray for your school system. Pray. Pray for the church. Now, I don't mean abundant grace. I mean the church. We have brothers and sisters who don't have it as good as we do. They really don't. But yet, they trust the same God that we trust. And by faith, they're going to be okay. Let's pray tonight. Lord, I thank You for the ability to gather in this place and uh, to have our lights and everything that we have and to, uh, to gather and, and, and with privilege that we have just to uh, have the freedom to, to have church. Lord, I ask that you place in our hearts a burden first and foremost, as your word says, for those of the faith who don't have it as good as we do. Lord, help us to pray like we should. Your word says that we pray amiss a lot, that the spirit within us prays with groanings, that words that we can't even utter. Lord, help us to pray in your will and and for your people and, and for the lost and dying as well. For those who have yet to come to you, Lord, we're still here, so the work is still there. Lord, I ask that you move upon them as well. Lord, that you open the hearts and the minds. That you remove scales, or that you illuminate with your light, or that they see you and us, or when people ask us why are we the way that we are, let us have the right answers. Lord, I ask this in your name. Amen. These altars are open tonight.